Hey everyone, episode 28 of It Was All a Stream. I'm Chris Sachs here alongside my co host, Neil Carroll. Welcome back, everybody. What do we got this week? We have some Falcon Winter Soldier for you, episode three. Certainly do. We actually have a lot of news to go over and rolling or trolling, which is great. Newsweek. And then we have our uh, our suggestions from last week. I watched Monty Python's The Life of Brian. You watched a weird one called In and of Itself. I have many thoughts. I cannot wait to hear all of them. First, let's get into episode three, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We got Zemo. Zemo. Tons of Zemo. A lot of Zemo. Um, so let's just do quick recap. Um, Sam and Bucky travel to Germany where Zemo is being held in prison. Um, and while they do a cool thing where almost like a very like Ocean's Eleven of them where Bucky explains in a quote-unquote hypothetical how they could break Zemo out, and they're showing flashes of that happens, where really that's the plan that Bucky had already set in motion. And that was once very Bucky's cool. done telling the story, Zemo walks into the room, and Sam's like, what did you just do? Definitely a highlight. Um, definitely a highlight. Also kind of cool that, um, that Zemo tries to use the the winter soldier code when he first encounters him just to check and see just to check and see if it still works um so zemo takes them to the basically pirate city madripoor where they pose as criminals well zemo's already a criminal and bucky pretends that he's still winter soldier and sam disguises himself as someone called the smiling tiger which was hilarious um and they basically find out that the power broker is behind everything he hired a doctor named andrew nagel to create the super soldier serum for him um and then of course their cover gets busted and everyone's about to kill them, and Sharon Carter comes to save the day. She has been living in Madripoor ever since Captain America's Civil War. When she got the shield for Cap, she never got a pardon or anything like that. She's had to hide out all this time. So she saves them. She's got some connections in Madripoor and is able to find out where Dr. Nagel is working out of. They go to the docks. They find his lab in a big uh, shipping container. And they interrogate him while Sharon Carter kicks butt. Um, He basically explains that he was working on the serum and was this close to completing it for the American government prior to the blip. And then, of course, he blipped away. And then five years later, when he comes back, that program was shut down. There was nowhere for him to go. And the power broker picks up the pieces and hired him. And then, of course, our good friend Carly Morgenthau steals 20 
of all 20 of his doses. And I believe they say that they used eight of them. So I think there's still 12 wandering around. Um, and then, of course, after they get all that information, there's chaos outside the lab. Zemo decides to take the opportunity to kill Nagel to make sure that no more super soldier serum can be created. And then they escape out of there. They go their separate ways. And then we get Walker and Hoskins, our, our friends trying to you know, replace Cap and, and Sam. They are in Berlin at the prison where Zemo escaped and suspect Sam and Bucky, of course. Um, what else happens? The Flag Smashers raid a storage facility in Lithuania and blow some people up. And Zemo, uh, Bucky, and Sam all go to Lithuania where they're looking for Carly and the Flag Smashers. And we get an interesting tidbit at the end where Bucky sees these Wakandan tracking devices, whatever they are, on the ground, separates from, from uh, Sam and Zemo and follows the devices running into Ao from the Dora Milaje who demands Zemo on behalf of Wakanda. Well pronounced, number one. Proud of you. Thank you. Second, how awesome. What an excellent tie-in, right? It's great. It's great. Because... Not only you know do they want Zemo for obvious reasons, but also their connection to the Winter Soldier and his like instant understanding of what's going on. Well executed, I must say. Yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt, they did an incredible job. Um, let's well, let's let's just jump into that part. Okay. So we have. I think it's brilliant. Obviously, what they're being able to do with this show is connect strands across the MCU. Right. Right? Like, okay, it would make sense. Like, we know that Zemo killed um, T'Challa, or King T'Chaka in Captain America Civil War. So, right. of course, Wakanda would find out that Started Zemo's all those escaped, events. and they find him, and they demand that he gets turned over to their custody makes complete sense and they're able to just merge everything together right you right even with secondary characters like someone who we've seen in multiple movies ao we have seen but she's you know such a small part in black panther you see her in um i think civil war where she like you know, well, the see, but that to be like... told to stand down against um black widow and like stuff like that but like that's great. That's great because that's what makes what they're doing even better. Because now you've got all these small side characters that are finding their niche mm -hmm. in this universe. It's like, you know, I keep saying it, it's a golden age we're living in. I mean, you have <clears throat> to bring all these people together and tell a story like this, and then to be able to go from the Wandaverse, very peculiar storytelling style to this storytelling style, still have it be in the same universe. It's all working so far. Mm-hmm. And this one I would posit and have uh, before, I think is paced better. Like the this, uh, there's some slow moments, yep. but I wouldn't say it's a bad forty minutes of no, television. Not at all. Yeah, right. Not at all. I'm especially this one was pretty pretty action packed. There was a lot. Oh yeah. In in this Ooh, episode, yeah. which was great. Um, 
let's talk about the Zemo of it all. Big episode, basically <clears throat> almost entirely featuring Baron Zemo. Um, escapes from prison, has a huge role to play, obviously, after not being in the first two episodes of this show. Right. What were your thoughts on how he used it, what his underlying motivations might be? Like, wh- What do you think, how, how they used him? I think they used him well. I mean, I'm curious to see how far they keep him going. Obviously, I think it'd be like cool if he stays escaped. But I don't think he's going to be working for the good guys. I think he's just going to stay escaped and be like another, you know, kind of force they have to deal with. Yeah, I I think what they've done with his character in this show is 10 times better than what we got in Civil War. Because, again, like he was the villain in Civil War, but he was much more like subdued, subdued, self-serious. And like he wasn't going to be the focus like he wasn't going to get his time to really shine in Civil War just because of everything that was going on in this movie in that movie Um, in this show in this episode he like absolutely crushes it like Daniel Brühl who plays him just does a phenomenal job of playing this like he's very quirky he's he's you know got a great sense of humor but he's the bad guy very clearly um he did a great job of making us really like him and root for him even though we know he's the bad guy yeah right and when they whip out that mask man come on awesome 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 like just to see just to see baron zemo like that it just Golden age, absolutely golden age. But I'll say this. It was also cool to uh, lean into his roots a little bit. The fact that he is a baron and like yeah. he throws that comment kind yep. of a which was hysterical. But he is, he's got he's wealthy, he's you know, he can be an evil Batman, so to speak. Yep. But the other thing is like he's another one where the Marvel is doing a great job. The Marvel uh, MCU is doing a great job of giving you villains that you kind of get like you kind of understand yeah. it's like well you know yeah i was a baron until you destroyed my country right you, know, you good and guys he, like he doesn't want like that they make it very clear that his motivations are he doesn't think heroes are good superheroes right. are good he thinks right. that they're out of control and they shouldn't exist and so like yeah it makes sense that he would help out Bucky and Sam for now because it's going to accomplish his larger goal because there's a whole bunch of super soldier serum out there. And in his own way, he might have different motivations for it, but he also doesn't want that serum on the streets because he doesn't want any more super soldiers. Right. And so that's why he kill uh, presumably kills the, the scientist who made the super soldiers um, even I don't know how they didn't see that coming. That maybe look out for Zemo a little bit. They were a little too focused on on the scientist, but whatever. As he's wandering around the room, I would imagine you'd be keeping one eye on Zemo, wondering why he's walking around the room. But I that's just me. That's just me. They're high, they're highly trained, you know, superhero military. They know people, what they're but doing. They you know they weren't keeping an eye on Zemo. Um, but yeah, Marvel has done a really good job in recent years because I know it was a ma- the 
villains were a major knock on them for probably phase one and two of of their universe right where like if you could point out a a weak spot across their movies it was typically with the villain um except for like maybe we we had loki right and that was pretty much like yeah, it. he was he was they they had enjoyable. a bit of the villain problem but since phase three like they've done really really great job with their villains and obviously you have the big bad thanos which was right incredible um but i would say they've done a really good job with their villains establishing them and now with the shows you can you can flesh those villains out so much more so and that was always the biggest problem w- with their villains is like you didn't really get why they were doing what they were doing they just were bad for the sake of being bad almost um so right. now we actually and they get... were in service to thanos too so there was a lot right of right now we actually get to like really know these villains we know the full background on zemo we know the full background on the flag smashers like if john walker is gonna end up being a villain we're gonna know the full background on john walker um right. so yeah I, I i think they're doing a great job with zemo how about Sharon Carter? Let's talk a little bit about her. Well, so again, I think wise to harken back to a uh, Captain America film connection to bring that nostalgia. She's a beloved character, but I, I fear where they're going to go with her. Okay. Don't you? I... I'm curious as to where they're going to go with her. I've seen theories online. Well, let's just talk about like what we think. The, the Let's right. do a little speculation. We have not learned from WandaVision that we probably shouldn't be speculating and trying to figure out the future of this show, but we're going to do it anyways. Um, I think there is a possibility that she might be the power broker. I, yes. And I get that, but also how do you justify that kind of a, how, that, that move? kind of a turn? Well, yeah. I don't know. That's the thing. You, they would have to really explain it. Like, is she trying to bring back cap? And that's why she had Nagel working on a super soldier serum. Like maybe, you know, maybe that's what she's doing. She's like, you know what? I, the U.S. government got rid of me. Like, I'm in Madripoor. Uh, you know, she's a good guy. So you would imagine she's not going to be doing anything, like, too crazy. I mean, she if she's the power broker, she sent someone a very threatening text message um, saying that she was going to, like, kill Carly or whatever for stealing her stuff. But, you know, I, I would imagine maybe she's just trying to create more captain americas because she has that connection so that could be the reasoning but the the suspicion grows from the fact that after the fight and after they you know break she breaks ways with uh bucky and and sam and zemo is she gets into a car and she says we have a big problem multiple problems whatever it is that she says so like i'm assuming the multiple problems are them Maybe it's them, but who is she saying that to? Is she saying that to um, 
someone because she's the power broker or she's working for the power broker? Is she saying that to maybe she's undercover and she's really working for shield or sword or whatever's left. Maybe she's working for an underground Nick Fury still, which would track because she's underground herself. Like that's very consistent with what goes on is when Nick Fury is in the wind. So are a handful of his trustworthy agents as well. Um, Right. So, who knows? Who knows what she's up to, but I think we're going to find out. I think we're going to find out. I don't know that it's that it's bringing uh, Cap back because... Uh, well, he, I, I don't mean bringing literally bringing Cap right. back, but just I just mean like other type someone of, to replace him type of thing. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. The thing that... Because I, I didn't go that way with my thoughts because... He goes back and lives a full life. So she would have encountered him, you know, in his mm-hmm. old age, but would have encountered him again and had closure and all that kind of stuff. Uh, working for Nick Fury is an idea. He would have to be, you know, sending her text messages from space. Mm. But, you know, not, with, with stranger things have happened. I, I mean, I could see it. I could see it. It just, they'd have to really sew that thread in well. Yeah, well, the other theory that I've seen online is that Zemo is the power broker. Mm. Which I don't Which... I don't know if that makes sense, because why would he? Yeah, where is he leading them to before right. he makes that reveal, you know? Right, exactly. Or in my opinion, the power broker is just a power broker and we haven't met him yet or right. her. Right, right, right. Um, I don't know. going to be interesting, but there was a ton of talk about the power broker in this episode. So much like power a ton. Um, any other things we need to cover from this episode? Madripoor is dope. It's awesome looking. And it was, it was Good, funny. Yeah. Some, someone noted that I, I saw this in an article or something that the um, episode was written by the guy who wrote the John Wick movies. So like yeah, the fact that it. it was in a Madripoor really resembled a, a, a place that John Wick would be was really cool. I like that connection. Oh, yeah. um, I hope we see more of it in future MCU projects because it's so very cool. And then uh, I have another up? theory just yeah. occurred to me. Okay. I don't know if it's Baron Zemo, but what if it's the power broker? Because the power broker from the comics is essentially a mad scientist who works with superhumans and does things like that. Um, what if it's an ex-Hydra uh, agent, like an ex-Hydra scientist, almost like an Armenzola type guy? Maybe. From, from that you know, world. It very, very well could be because obviously that would be a big motivation for um, a big motivation for the power broker, right? Is that always the Hydra was always trying to create their own super soldier and everything like that. So that would and that would make w- sense. What if it is Armenzola? Remember when he's in the computers and stuff? Uh-huh. And uh, it was Winter Soldier. He's like in the mainframe. And I think they shut him down. But what if he like gets right into could, the internet or something like yeah, gets out? Yeah, yeah, similar to like Ultron or whatever. Yeah, 
could be. You bring he, that he, character back. Yeah, Zola could, and he's been rumored to somehow be Appear. a part of this, and he's very much, you know, uh, a part of the Captain America. Yeah world he'd have so, instant recognizability with the winter soldier yeah yeah very much you know? he, he definitely could be that that would make sense like you would think that that wasn't the only computer with his conscience consciousness in it right if they did it to one right. computer they could do it to however many they wanted i is so good like that he did such a great job in that role yeah he did i would good i job. would i'd turn up to see that <laughs> um so we will, you know, we'll we'll keep a lookout and see. I guess we will um, table our Falcon and Winter Soldier talk for now um, until next episode, where I guess we're getting some Wakanda and I don't know a whole bunch of other stuff that we don't see yet. Um, let's play some rolling or trolling. What do you say? Ready to roll right. and or troll. What do we got? Starting out. So you remember how a little while ago Tom Holland put the kibosh on on Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire being in the upcoming Spider-Man movie? I do remember this. Well, the internet believes that Tom Holland didn't know what he was talking about. Well, and yeah. so they are saying that there is proof that Andrew Garfield is in Spider-Man Far From Home because, one, his stunt double from The Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2 that he was in was seen on set in costume, and there's a crew t-shirt uh, that has his Spider-Man on it. Really? Yes. Okay. I have a very specific reason for what I'm about to say. I am rolling with this news and with Tom Holland's denial of this news mm -hmm. because Tom Holland is notoriously bad at uh, keeping the secrets yeah. of the MCU and is constantly being made fun of by his co-stars. So I think this was his moment to be like, you know, I can keep a secret. I can, guys. I promise. Right, right, right. So right. I'm, I'm rolling with this. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally rolling with it too. I think we all kind of expected like he could just be saying that just to say it and not get in trouble. Um, so like he was like, if I just shut this down now, they won't <laughs> ask me anymore, and I won't <laughs> I be won't at risk trouble. of spoiling it. Right. Um, and I think there's still enough mystery of are they going to be in this movie that whenever it is we do find out, it's going to be just as exciting. Because it just it, it portends a lot of good stuff and other yeah. people that could return. So that's Without always going to be positive. Without a doubt. Um, Russell Crowe has officially been cast as, in, not as anyone yet, but hmm. he's been officially cast in Thor Love and Thunder. Ooh. Okay. Huh. Now, I like Russell Crowe. But I like old Russell Crowe. Mm -hmm. Like lean, fighty, you know, hardcore Russell Crowe. 
I don't yeah, know. This is old Russell Crowe. This is old. Like, Russell Crowe has aged. Portly uh, Russell yes. Crowe. He's, he's not aged gracefully. He's aged. Um, all right. I'm going to roll with this in the hopes that if we have to have old Russell Crowe, we have the good guys old Russell Crowe, mm-hmm. which was fun. You know, him with uh, Ryan Gosling. Yeah, I'm interesting. I'm interested in uh, seeing who he's going to play because my first assumption would that would be that he's one of the like actors in in the plays that like Matt Damon and yes. Melissa McCarthy like they came in and they did like another Loki play yeah. or whatever. Right. Um, but they were already on set. Right. So I'm curious, maybe he's not one of them and he is playing a, a different side character or cameoing for a future character or or maybe pulling a um, Sylvester Stallone from like Guardians of Galaxy 2 where he's yes. like, he's a character but he's only in it for a little bit but he's someone second. you know from the comics or whatever so maybe it's a role like that but i don't know it's i'm i'm definitely rolling with it i'll take anything with russell crowe is a you know great actor so oh, yeah I'm, I'll, t- I'll turn up to see him yeah there's a lot of names in thor love and Th- like there's a lot going on in that movie i'm so it's it yeah um okay on to some dc news I'm ready. You know I'm a DC man at heart. And I it saddens me they haven't gotten their act together, but I well, I, I love DC. I I don't know if this news is going to please you. Hit DC's me. New Gods and The Trench movies, right, are officially not moving forward at Warner Brothers. So New Gods that was supposed right. to be coming from Ava DuVernay, and then you have um, the trench that was going to be from James Wan, I believe. Yes, from James Wan. Um, so both not of happening. those out, not happening. Well, I mean, I got to roll with this because I think I think th- they can't have their extended universe until they fix their actual universe. Um, yeah. You know, you need to just do something right first. Uh, you know, Marvel was working before they brought in Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. You know, they're like, you know, I'll, I'll equate them to the new gods and as much as they're, they're way extended. So yes. you have to get, you have to get something working first. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to troll the roll with the canceling of this because that's you know don't don't overextend yourself don't do too much too soon yeah it it kind of seems like they're towing the line a little bit here where yeah. you could kind of tell there's the start of them wanting to just hit the restart button but at the same time they do have a couple things that are still bankable like you have wonder woman you have Aquaman that's still bankable. You have Shazam. We're getting a Shazam right. 2. And we're getting the the new rock movie, Black Adam, which is connected to Shazam and things like that. Um, 
but then you get the next bit of news, which is just, you know, possibly the start of the reboot. I will give it to you right now. Robert Pattinson's The Batman is reportedly set on DC's Earth 2 of the DC multiverse. And Warner Brothers and DC Films will be consolidating their shared universe continuity uh, into one rebooted timeline after the Flash movie. Okay. So it seems like whatever's going to happen in the right. Flash movie is going to happen, and then they are going to decide Who which movies are going to stay and which aren't, and then that will be their quote-unquote official universe. universe and timeline or whatever the hell they're going to do. Right. I think that's a good idea. I think that's a good idea if they make the right choices, and they definitely can screw this up. Oh, uh, without a doubt, they could screw it up. Oh, yeah. So I think it's a good idea. I think they should do that. Um, and I feel as though this gets us a step closer to a Batman Beyond. This gets us a step closer to uh, a return to the grittier um, Christian Bale verse Batman. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited by this. I, I think this makes sense. Okay. And this flashpoint, it's a shame that it's this flash that's carrying the load of this film. Uh, but I'll take it. I'm going to roll with this. Yeah, so it seems like what they're going to keep, really it's more of what they're not going to keep. They're not going to keep Henry Cavill's Superman Out. or anything related to it. Correct. They're not going to keep any of the Justice League stuff that they did. Total system Bat reset. Batfleck. Out. Out. No more Batfleck. No more. Um, Sad, but it needs that. Other than that, though, they'll keep Wonder Woman. They'll okay. keep Aquaman. I, uh, in my mind, that's that's what right. they're going to keep. They're going to keep the Flash because he's the catalyst for all of this, which, yeah. you know, I'll take it or leave it. Um, they're going to keep Harley Quinn to so, some capacity, right? And this uh, at least James Gunn's iteration of the Suicide Squad he, they'll keep. Right. So here of, of what you just laid out, and Shazam and Black Adam. And Shaz Shazam and Black Adam. Of what you just laid out, quite honestly, Harley Quinn makes the most sense to me. Because she, like A, Margot Robbie's doing an amazing job. B, while her films might not have been smash successes, that character is still beloved. Like, no one is objecting to what she's doing. She is, like... There are really out of the DC universe right now, as yeah. constituted, there are three people that have shined in their roles. And that one has been Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn, without True. a doubt, has without been doubt. In incredible. And then you have Gal Gadot as uh, Wonder Woman. And Certainly. in my opinion, Jason Momoa as Aquaman. Those three have total like surpassed what you expected of them yes. from those characters and those are probably you know some of the most popular characters out of these iterations of dc heroes and whatever people Definitely. really liked batfleck but for you yeah. know we know why that is isn't working it's an it's amalgam not, of reasons it's not it, yeah. affleck's fault it's more how he was used 
Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, I, I, I go with that. It was how he was used. But, I, I, yeah, and I'll even, I'll go with you on the Aquaman of it all. Like, that, his standalone film was a good film. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. They need to lean into more of that. But also, like, they're just not doing a good job of maintaining the tone. Like, the MCU at least maintains its tone throughout all these standalone movies. Some are a little darker, a little edgier, some are a little wackier, some are the, but it makes sense that they're all living in the same time. Yeah, the the MCU the the biggest difference and and really what sets the MCU apart mm. from like the DCEU is that the MCU has a set formula for their movies that they use for every single one of their movies. And they just change the appearance of that formula. So they substitute the, the hero, they substitute the villain, they substitute the world they're in, but the formula stays the same. Right. Of how they make it. DC does not have any formula for what they're doing. Correct. There's no, yeah, there's no overall template. They're not being guided by any set principle. Yeah. It's so, no good. It's no good. We'll, we'll see. There is, listen, I think this is a step in the direction that they need to take. Mm-hmm. There is, and obviously, like, they're going to try to keep the franchises that succeeded in the DCEU while adding new franchises and stuff like that and replacing franchises. But like this could end up being a giant mess given how complicated this all sounds to begin with. Yes. And the fact that it is DC who's attempting to do this. Who's attempting to do it. So I'm rooting for them, but cautiously I, extremely cautiously um okay there were a lot of like deals made this past week um tell me about the deals so one is that adam wingard who just directed um godzilla versus kong has been selected to direct an animated thundercats movie an animated thundercats film like a cg like a you know okay computer animated huh i i guess the logic behind that was he wrote a script back in the day hand wrote a script for thundercats back in the day or something i think it was like in high school and he was a big fan and he says that there are things that he wouldn't be able to do in live action for Thundercats mm-hmm. and given the atrocity that was the movie Cats and yes. all the difficulties they had there I guess they're going with animated versus live action huh well okay all that makes sense to me all that makes sense I agree with them I don't think anyone asked for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 
I don't. I mean, God bless him. Is it a straight to video, or is he tend to like? I guess I'm assuming. I, I think it's it's going to be released to be somewhere. It'll either be streaming or in theaters. I I'm rolling only because I don't want to destroy the man's dreams. Let him dream. I like that. I'll roll with him too because apparently it was like a handwritten 275 yeah. page script, which gives him his dreams. Um, but I like I have no connection to Thundercats. I have very little connection. To I never watched Thundercats. I think that was yeah. like a generation before us. It was slightly before us. Like I remember that catching... was more eighties, right? Yeah, I caught some reruns, but I no, I was a you know a Batman Saturday morning guy. Yeah. I, Thundercats missed me, missed us. Yeah, yeah. Um, moving on, George R. R. Martin is on page has... four of the next book. Yeah, right. Yes, well, after eight years. He has signed a five-year deal with HBO. HBO handed him the bag again. The bag of money. Um, hey, say goodbye to any books. That's it. With the signing, with the stroke <laughs> of that pen. And I'm not like I didn't read any of the books. So like I'm not even a, a fan fan. Um, but he is from my hometown, by yes, the way. Yes, he is. Bayonne. So I'm rooting for him. Give him all the monies. Uh you know, if it could happen to him, hopefully it could happen to the rest of us. But like, what are you going to do? Like they just, they backed up the money truck, dumped it all on his front lawn. The, he still hasn't finished the last book of the, of the Game of Thrones series. So he, is he going to write all new stuff or they just pay him for the characters? Yeah, like HBO is really like hoping that Game of Thrones is going to be their mcu or star wars Mm -hmm. or even like harry potter or something like that and i don't know if i see it because we've only gotten half a series of books and one television series and that's it that is all we've ever gotten of game of thrones and yet we're banking on spinoffs and five years of George R.R. Martin and he still needs to finish the original books and I just like he hasn't finished anything yet so like what are we are we I think we're like counting our chickens before they hatch a little bit HBO well said you we need to be business advisors over at HBO because uh, some people are getting a little too crazy he wrote one good story yeah and then star wars at least had like three different trilogies with three different storylines before they decided let's do some spin-off tv shows and stuff like that you know what i mean truth absolutely this is like we're there we're just basing this off of one television show that had six somewhat successful successful television show yes Five successful seasons. And no, one... season six was good. Seven and eight were oh, the, seven and eight. the trash. Seven and eight. That was trash seasons. Trash. Um, Total trash. Yeah. But anyways. All right. Lastly, your boy really got the bag. Netflix is paying $450 million for the rights to Knives Out two and three with Ryan Johnson writing and directing oh. and Daniel Craig returning to star. Yuck. Listen, 
Ryan Johnson is the uh, last Jedi writer and director. director. Correct. Writer and director. Maybe it's if it's not Star Wars, he can make a good movie. I don't know. But well, have you seen Knives Out one? I have, and I enjoyed it. Yes, Fine. it was yes, very good. Do it. I just don't approve of him. Craigers, I think Craigers did a fine job. He's not my particular cup of tea, but like that's just as Bond. I've seen him in other things, and I think he's just fine. Um, but Knives Out one and two straight to Netflix. So two and three will, two will and go three. straight to Netflix. Two and three will go straight to Netflix. I mean, I could, I could get behind that. Yeah, I'm, I like this idea. I'm, I'm. 100% down for it. I loved yeah. Knive, the first Knives Out. I thought it was great. It gave oh, us yeah. it, it gave us Foghorn, Leghorn, um, Daniel Craigers. Craig. It, yes. it gave us Foghorn. Chris Evans in, in a knitted sweater. It also a delight. Like it was Jamie it was Lee Curtis being just vicious. Vicious. I um, love it. It was a good film. Good film, I don't support original Johnson, story, yes. uh, which was great. They gave us an original, like that is very rare for yeah. franchises to be started off of original IP. To, correct. Right? To be born so, from something like, new. Yeah. Good for like, I know you don't like them for last Jedi for reasons that are beyond me, but like you got to give him credit for doing something like that because that's especially in this day and age not something that's easy, easily done. Easily done. Um, oh, totally. So good for him. Um, all right. Sylvester Stallone on all his right. socials posted a treatment to a young Rocky prequel series. On his socials. Listen, I'm a Rocky fan. But the whole reason Rocky is Rocky is because he fights Apollo Creed in the first one and becomes famous. Mm -hmm. Prequel to Rocky is just a a slightly dim-witted fellow fighting unsuccessfully in gyms in New York. Would you agree? New York or Philly? Philly. Philly, 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 Philly. City of brotherly love. Yeah, like, I'm. Can I wonder if this ever actually sees the light of day? I just don't think so. And who do you get to be like? Well, it'd be like Stallone back in the day. What new actor could do that? <laughs> well, there you go. You could do it. I could do it. I'm kind of auditioning. I, I could actually do a great job. <laughs> if they choose me, then it's a genius idea, Chris. Then um, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, I kind of think. Like I love the Rocky listening. movies. I love the Creed movies. Yeah. Um, Stallone, of course, like stay involved because that's your baby. But like, maybe, like, leave well enough alone. You know, like you could just time. you don't need to go overboard. Like you're you're kind of handing over the reins a little bit here to Michael B. Jordan, letting yeah. him do his Creed three, which I think is great. Um, so like you know, there there are people there that you've put in place yourself to kind Ooh. of take over for you right. so like let that happen because what's like i don't know what the story is we'd be telling he wouldn't have adrian because he meets her in rocky right so he wouldn't have that he doesn't have his fame 
And we all know what Sylvester Stallone looked like in 1977 mm-hmm. or whatever it was. So I don't know who they're going to get to be that guy. I just, you know. Eh, yeah, he, he apparently got jealous of The Rock for his Young Rock show and wanted to make Young Rocky. Yeah. Which, no. yeah. Um, lastly, and you should, I'm Trolling. sure you'll like this. There is a Chucky TV series currently in development and premiering this fall on both the USA Network and Sci-Fi channel. On both USA and Sci-Fi. Interesting. I feel... Well, you know what? I need more information before I can roll or troll this. Do we know if Brad Dorif is going to be the voice? I don't know that but i know it's coming from the original it's coming from the original creator okay i am sort of fine with this okay i'm I'm gonna roll with this i think it's a lukewarm roll it's a lukewarm roll i'm gonna ramp up the heat if if brad dorif comes back and is the voice of chucky um no offense to mark hamill whom i love uh did a great job in the film and the reboot film. But if we went old school, Chucky old school mythology around Chucky and, and like if they're giving me an animatronic Chucky doll, as opposed to CGI or anything like that, I think I could support this. I think I could tune in once a week and find out what Chucky's doing. Okay. I, I, I could do this, but it goes to your point. Like, I, I, I assume you're going to troll, but because I, I, I asked I, you to watch this early on, too. So you did watch the first one. I'm kind of going to I'm going to nothing it. To okay. be honest with you, I'm neither going to roll or troll. I'm, I'm not the audience for this. So right. it's not really something for me to roll or troll with because it's not really in my yeah world you know what i mean so it's more interesting hearing from you who's a fan of chucky than it is from me who's like never gonna watch another chucky related thing again regardless (laughs) so i'm not gonna troll something that other people like just because like i'm not gonna watch it child's play two child's play three it's fine if people want more chucky then i roll with it for the people who like chucky it is shocking how many entries in the in the Chucky verse there are? There actually are. Yeah, but, but that's what happens with horror franchises. True. You know, look how much true, true. Freddy Krueger we've gotten. Look how much oh. Jason we've gotten. How much Michael Myers? Like but we needed when they those. Find something that, that works. America. They just milk it for Beat all it it's to worth. death. That's what I was going to say. That's what I was going to say to your comment about IP. Like, whilst I'm glad to see this, it's just like. There are no new ideas anymore. Yeah, well, that's something at least that I think the horror genre has been able to um, bypass, of, right? Is having new ideas. Having They have a lot of new ideas. Now, right. of course, you do have the remakes and the stuff like that, but it's not nearly at the scale as, as some other genres. Like, I would argue that horror is one of the uh, More creative. few bankable um genres where you can have a original ip make a lot of money i agree okay i do agree let's get into our suggestions from this week i'm ready like like i said at the top you watched in and of itself 
I watched Monty Python's The Life of Brian. What would you like to start with? Let's start with uh, in and of itself. Okay. And I'm not even going to start this conversation. I'm going to ask you, what happened during your day that brought you to in and of itself? Like, how did you come to this very uh, Tony Robbins-esque uh, I don't show? know if it's Tony Robbins. It's a, a little, little, it's a little, it's a little Tony Robbins meets um, like Sad Clown the show like how what what would happen what was the day like interesting connection that you make um i just heard really good things about it like the the there was chatter across the the socials and everything just like (laughs) kind of like it was never like an overwhelming oh you have to watch this you have to watch this you have to watch this but it was like every now and then you'd see like oh this was really good Oh, this was really good. Oh, this kind of blew my mind. Uh, like stuff like that, but it was never like a everyone shouting from the rooftops, watch this. So I was like, okay, let me let me see what this is all about. And I, then I sat and I watched it. I'll tell you what. Oh, let me weigh in on this here. I think this was an interesting choice for you to give me. It's, I think it's an interesting choice for anyone to have watched. I did enjoy it i was like ensconced so it's essentially it's essentially a a stage show like they filmed the stage show and he's doing his thing and i gather that it is really um i gather it's really about his alcoholism seems to be and there's the whole story about the ruleteer which is this some this guy the sailor who you know, walked into this bar in this town and was playing Russian roulette, put a bullet in, spun, didn't die, came back the next night, which was shocking because no one ever comes back once they win and did this so many times and lived that he became like famous in this town and wealthy from this. And he started putting more bullets, more and more bullets in the gun kept surviving. And the thing I took away from it was like, you know, he says the guy who's telling him the story of the ruleteer says that's who you are you are the ruleteer and and then he takes a beat and is like why did he think that what did he see i didn't put i didn't play the roulette game i didn't do all this what why does he think i'm the ruleteer and i think it's because the guy playing roulette russian roulette had a death wish and was Mm -hmm. doing something very dangerous and this guy our our main character in the stage show was like maybe drinking to the point of interesting i don't even know if i made that connection yeah because he goes he reaches for the bottle he's like what why did he think i was the ruleteer and then like there's a couple of beats and he pauses and like stares at the bottle so that's the connection i made where very interesting i didn't even pick up on that that's just that's that's good i like that i'm i'm a sensitive fellow chris I, i i see these things um so it was very interesting it it definitely kept my interest i'll i'd say what I thought was most uh, interesting, like I, I probably won't tune back in. Well, it's tough to watch it again. Because, again, right. like the whole point is like, oh, the magic of it, the, like, right. the magic tricks and the things like the big thing that he does at the end. Right. Is really crazy. But like once you see that, then it's, you know. I'm it's sure, over. especially like seeing that live must have been like blown, oh, absolutely be cool. blown your mind. 
Right. No, which I think is, yeah, absolutely. Had to blow your mind. But there's a few things here. One, having the like ship's log, that whole thing where he has a book that he gives to an audience member like three quarters of the way through the show and then dismisses that audience member. It's like, all right, just leave. But you have to and come back come tomorrow. Back. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to write in the book what you experienced and what you think and blah, blah, blah. And then go and come back. Um, that's very interesting. And reading mm-hmm. some of the things from there, what people wrote, and the fact that people do it, that's Everyone a cool concept. Does it. Yeah. They haven't had someone not come back. They haven't missed one yet. So I, I thought that was a real interesting concept. I like that a lot. The, la- the other thing, before I get to the last like tidbit, um, his, the, the, the concept of no, nothing's what you think it is. And you, you, you can't just label something. You have to really do a dive and really examine what's going on with a person in order to understand who they are. Mm-hmm. I like because I tend to complain that we live in a world where everybody just says, well, I saw it on TV, so that must be what's going on. Right. Like, actually take some time. Actually dig into a situation. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the thing. So I did. I, I thought it was interesting. I did not feel like I wasted my time. I enjoyed it. And here's the last tidbit. It was directed by Frank Oz mm-hmm. from The Muppet Show, does voices, and from Yoda fame, voice yes. of Yoda, and from such things as like the Little Shop of Horrors remake. Frank Oz is kind of prolific. So when I saw that he directed this, I was like, that's interesting. And then I, I waited an extra beat on the credits, and it was produced by Stephen Colbert. Yeah. And I was like, I see. Because Stephen yep. Colbert is a little spiritual. I think he saw the show live. And, and then wanted to bring it to... He wanted to yeah. bring it to everyone. So um, that's a fun thing. I want to get... So, like, let's talk... Um, I'm going to mark it here. We're going to talk spoilers for this now. Okay. So skip yes. ahead, like, 10 minutes or whatever spoilers, to spoilers. the next part. Okay, Spoilers. What did you think about the magic that he does? One, what blew my mind, which I still can't figure out how he could have possibly done it. Right. Was, well, there's two things that blew my mind that I don't know how he did. One was obviously him going into the audience and picking out one by one which card they had selected. That I don't know how he did. Don't know how he did. The other one, which blew my mind, a little bit more was the the letters which was beautiful oh my god amazing like yes. brings a tear to your eye but how the hell did he do that <laughs> i have no idea I, I, I have no idea because a how do you know who's going to be in your audience b how do you then coordinate with some loved one of theirs to write them that letter and c how do you know which audience member is going to be going to volunteer or pulled up yeah Incredible magic. Unless they're all in on the show. I really don't think so. I don't want to believe that. It's possible, but I don't want to believe that. They'd have to be some incredible, you'd have to get some incredible actors every single night. That's the thing. That's true. Because some of these reactions, all of the reactions are totally like, to find that many people that are that good at acting shocked, Right. would be like 
that's more difficult than just figuring out how to do the trick. I agree. I agree. That is more difficult. All right. So I want to believe it's genuine. Genuine magic. I think it's like, listen, he's, it's a, it's some, it's a trick, how a a trick or an illusion. We're just never going to know how the hell he did it. Correct. Um, yeah, that's that's all I wanted to talk about. Those those two blew my mind. But yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I I thought it was just it very like weird and outside the box and you know like deep and makes you think and think about identity and how you view yourself and how you view people's perceptions like of yeah, you yes. and like things like that and how to kind of handle your own identity that you have of yourself and people's perceptions of you as well. Um, I thought it was very, you know, interesting. I want, we, we got deep with it this, this past week. Real deep. I noticed because now we turn to the world of religion and Monty Python. I, I might've gotten the exact opposite (laughs) of what I gave you. Yes. I think that's Um, true. So, for those who don't know, obviously Monty Python, most famous for Monty Python and the Holy Grail. I think most people have seen that. I know for me, like as far as quote unquote, like adult comedies, which like, you know, Monty Python and the Holy Grail is like, I, I don't know who that was me- meant for originally, but I'd imagine uh-huh. it had more of an adult audience. But that, like, I remember for me was kind of like a bridge when I was younger yeah. from like the kid movies that I was watching to a little bit more adult, adult humor, sophisticated humor. Yeah. Even, because it's silly enough where like a kid is going to love it, but it's also, you know, smart enough where it's like everyone's going to appreciate it because it's a classic totally um so life of brian is obviously in in that vein right it's that same type of humor a definitely a little bit more raunchier than holy grail um but um it's essentially about brian who is born around the same time that jesus is born and you know, it. everyone's big on who's the Messiah and following people and stuff like that. And you have the Romans. And so in their own comedic way, you have a group that is trying to overthrow the Romans mm-hmm. and Brian is joining them. And at the same time, he gets mistaken for being a Messiah or the right. Messiah and misidentified and, you know, gets a following of people following him that, you know, he, he doesn't, doesn't want. want. And he's getting in trouble because he joined this group and he does some stuff for this group that he gets in trouble with the Romans and is wanted by the Romans. And it's right. It's a lot of fun. It's a very funny movie, a twisted kind of dark movie yes. when you really think about it. Yeah. Just like thinking about the way it ends. Oh, certainly. Oh, certainly. Um, Best song, though, possibly in film history. Now, was that was that song created that? for the movie? That was a movie original. I believe so. That's an Eric Idle original. Interesting. I, yeah. I didn't. I knew of the song, 
but I did oh. not realize that it was for the movie. So that's, oh, sure. that was great. And perfect um, placement in the film too. Perfect placement. But that's why I say it was like a twisted dark yeah. kind of ending, right? Because they're all, well, okay. Spoilers. They're all being crucified. Correct. Literally. And are up on their crosses singing. Always, always look, on. look on the bright side of life. Right. And whistling. So like crazy stuff, but I think my major takeaway from this movie was mm-hmm. how like a group of friends were basically able to like make a whole bunch of movies together and yes. make a bunch of stuff together and do silly things and do yes. what they wanted. They play all every part in all of the, all of the things that they do. And it's just Absolutely. like, how much fun must that have been for that group? And they do such a great job. They had such great success. It was just like a group of people just like, let's just do this. Like, let's right. make this ridiculous stuff. Let's and turn a bunch of sketches about, you know, the about life during when like Jesus was born. Right. We have a ton of sketches about it. Let's make it into a movie. And we'll and play all the parts. We'll play all the parts. We'll make it into a movie. It'll be great. Eric Idle will write a song. I, I And they caught a lot of flack, which I think you would obviously understand. I would imagine they yeah. got destroyed oh. by the um, religious community. Religious community. The for conservative this community. I mean, but the whole thing about Python is like, it's just don't take yourself too seriously. It's just looking at everything in a in an absurd way and looking exactly. at how life is kind of already inherently absurd absurd so like exactly. they're just putting like crazy twists on situations like they see a situation and they're like what would be like ridiculous right the how most do we ridiculous take for this situation an establishment idea and turn it around turn it on its ear do something like that and like because i watch it and, and you know, and I'm, and we're, we're both Catholics. I watch it, and what in my mind, I'm not like, oh, this is offensive. I'm like, oh, well, that's just that's absurd. Like, oh, that's fine. Oh, I could see. Oh, he was, you know, he was around a guy that did something like that, and he got mistaken for that guy. That must suck. Like, you yeah. know, and on if, top of it, like he's mistaken, and there's a group of people following him. Meanwhile, right. at the same time, he's being chased by the Romans. So the last thing he wants is attention being is brought attention. on him. Yes. And that's all he's getting during the situation. And, so it's like, what would be the worst thing for this character at this yes. time, but also would happening. be the most funny? And also, like, I think it 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 applies to today because it's that idea of like sheep almost, like they're just following him. But he's telling them, no, 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 it's not. You've got none of this is right. It's lies. It's all wrong. Don't follow. But they just do it anyway. It's like a herd right. mentality. So I, yeah, I'm glad. So I assume you enjoyed, sir. Yes, definitely enjoyed it. I would definitely recommend watching it. It was an entertaining, funny movie. Yes. There were a lot of, you know, funny, ridiculous scenes. Like I keep thinking of like, you got the you know the the guys at the table that are like okay we are going to declare to declare that we do something finally and okay do we have a do vote something. and they're they, they just continuously <laughs> like find ways to not actually have to do anything so that they could stay where they are um i mean you have him 
like where he goes out and he writes go home Romans or something yeah. like that. And the soldiers catch him and they're like, no, 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 you wrote this in the wrong Latin. And they like correct him, correct and they have him Latin, write right. it a hundred times yeah. on the wall before dawn or he'll be in trouble. And <laughs> it's just like, they, they do a really great job. It's, it's tough because obviously in my mind, I'm compare you compare it to, holy grail oh sure which is like the holy grail of monty python movies definitely um so like obviously there's classic classic scenes from that compared to this um but definitely like enjoyable to see some more monty python outside of that kind of holy grail world absolutely so what do we got for this week well, I, I can give you uh, my suggestion for you because it's it, it, it's in keeping with the religious tinge Interesting. of things. Uh, it's a comedy from 2000. Okay. From the year 2000, sir. Gotcha. Um, I watched it, rewatched it because I've seen it many times. Uh, rewatched it yesterday, stumbled across it. I was like... Not flipping channels because we don't do that anymore. But I was mm-hmm. scanning through my uh, various apps, and I saw it. And I'm like, you know what? I could sit and watch this right now. Okay. I'm gonna before I give you the title. Well, I'm gonna give you the title because you've never seen it. Uh, it's called Keeping the Faith. I've heard of it. Yes. Now, it's not what you think. Uh. It's, uh, you know, is it Robin Williams? It is not Robin Williams. Oh, okay. It's not Robin Williams. That's uh, like licensed to wed or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so Keeping the Faith is a film starring, ready for this. So it's a priest and a rabbi. Hello. Uh, starring Ed Norton. Okay. Circa 2000s Ed Norton. Kind of okay. a still very viable and um ben stiller so they play the respective priest and rabbi uh-huh followed by jenna elfman from dharma and greg fame gotcha gotcha uh followed by Anne bancroft who i don't know if you're familiar with Anne bancroft was the was mrs robinson in the graduate you know, okay. from, from the song, Mrs. Gotcha. Robinson. Gotcha. Uh, also enormously famous, was in Mel Brooks movies, was married to Mel Brooks for years, passed mm-hmm. away. Uh, and, and you may not know him, but you'll know him to see him, Eli Wallach. Now, the Eli familiar. Wallach was in Godfather 3. He was in uh, uh, Wall Street 2, Money Never Sleeps, or whatever it was. But he was the, I believe he was the ugly in The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. So okay. he is, he's been around a long time. Uh, you're going to like it. You're going it, to, it's, it's basically a story of these two friends, Ed Norton and um, Ben Stiller and this girl, and they have to deal with uh, their feelings, their respective feelings for her. So Ben Stiller, obviously, well, I may say obviously, but he's a rabbi in this mm-hmm. equation. And she is a Irish Catholic woman. Um, Ed Norton is a priest and obviously can't can't do anything about it. Yeah. You know, so she's a shiksa and 
he they have to deal with that uh and hilarity ensues it's a comedy film it's not really like the the faith-based elements are more about like again kind not lampooning their faiths yeah. but realizing they have more in common than they have separate and this friendship and it's a rom-com and it's a lot of fun okay okay I family am, film too i'm ready right? for it yeah i think it's a pg I'm ready for like 13 family film um so i am going to i'm i'm debating on uh, one i'm not giving you anything like too serious this week yeah i can't that's man. without I, a doubt I, I that's, had all my you're not getting anything and... too serious. Thank you. You're. I, I need joy. I am deciding on whether or not to give you something that is relatively recent that we can discuss, or giving you something actiony and dumb. But like the relatively recent one is yes. a also kind of actiony and it's animated. Ooh. Action animated. Should I give you should I give you the options? Let me have the options. I might just give you the options. Let so the first is a show that just came out um uh I think 2 weeks ago. I uh it's on Amazon Prime. Mm. It's animated. Mm. And it's called Invincible. Okay, I've heard, never seen it, heard of it. It is based off of the Robert Kirkman comic book of the same name. Right. Um, it has a crazy voiced cast. Like, there's a ton of people in it. Like, I know J.K. Simmons is one of the stars. He's, he's one of the voices. Um, so you'll know Love him. JK. Sandra O oh is in oh. it as well. Um, so that uh, there's that one, right? It's about right. a, you know... J.K. Simmons plays a Superman-like character who comes from a foreign planet, right. makes his home on Earth, and has a son with a with you. you know his human wife, and you know his son is supposed to be getting his powers any day, and then when he gets his powers, he kind of teaches him what's going on and stuff like that. Um, it's a little bit like if you watch the first episode, like stick with it. Because it's very like run of semi run of the mill. Okay. Until you get to the end. Got it. Then my other option is just a ridiculous, ridiculous movie that I don't know if you've seen or not. Uh, um, it stars, well, it stars um, our friend. I don't mm. know if we've actually. Um, We've actually watched, suggested any movies with him in it yet. Stars Gerard Butler. Ah. Um, it's got some Pablo Schreiber, who's been in a bunch of stuff. He's, Pablo? Um, O'Shea Jackson Jr., Ice, O'Shea. Ice Cube's uh, son. Word. Fitty. Fitty Fitty is in this movie. Uh -huh. It is a action bank robber movie called oh. den of thieves all right came out in 2018 interesting and it's just den like a, a, a great like bank robbery action movie i think i could watch that i think i'll go with that den of thieves okay so you're gonna go with den of thieves i'm gonna go with den of thieves and 
let's see where Den of Thieves is playing. Den of Thieves, I believe, is on... Oh, it's on... It looks like... I thought it was on Netflix. Yes, it's on Netflix. Okay. And also, uh, Keeping the Faith is on HBO Max. Got it. FYI. Cool, man. Yes. All right. Interesting. I'm ready for this viewing. I need to decompress after all the yes. You the need a you need a, a decompression. Yeah. The um, deep lessons. So yeah. So I am going to watch uh, Keeping the Faith. You are going to watch Den of Thieves. Um, we have more Falcon and Winter Soldier coming for us. Uh, I don't know if maybe you want to talk. Kong and Godzilla next week a little bit because we did watch that. We can talk about that. You know, um, I don't know if there's anything coming up. I know uh, Mortal Kombat just got pushed back a week, which is fine. So that's coming at at the end of the month. Um, So yeah, we will see you guys next time. Thank you all for listening. If you are new or if you haven't yet, please consider subscribing and leaving us a review wherever it is that you're listening. Uh, You can find us on all of the major podcast platforms and you can find us on Neil's website, gluedtothescreen.com. That's glued, the number two, thescreen.com. Until next time, Neil, what do you got to say to the people? Stream on, everybody.